Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. Simon Rose, it's time for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors, where I'm joined by Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bell. We're going to discuss the world of investment from a UK perspective, as ever. We've got some interesting research for us. There is no number cruncher like Russ Mould. But you want to just briefly mention the fact that we have had uh, the latest uh, MPC meeting from the Bank of England to decide what's happening with interest rates, which, as far as I understand, is nothing. Correct. Same as the Federal Reserve, same as the European Central Bank. So as ever, that, that leaves it all going through the statement, the voting patterns to see what might be coming next. And I guess that is the interesting thing from the Bank of England statement is, 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 is the, the way the Monetary Policy Committee voted. Six voted for no change. One voted for an interest rate cut. Two voted for an interest rate rise, which given that financial markets are very much of the opinion that there will be rapid interest rate cuts this year, I guess, was a bit of a surprise for people. Um, interestingly, sterling hasn't moved, hasn't flinched. Mm. The FTSE 100 slightly outperforming the 250. So the internationals over the domestics, you could argue crudely. Um, and two and 10-year gilt yields are both ticked up a tiny little bit. So the market's kind of trying to vaguely blow that off and say, oh, yeah, move along, nothing to see here. Uh, and if anything, it's possibly slightly pushing out its expectations for the first rate cut to May. But it's still pricing in four or even five rate cuts for 2024, which hmm. really <clears throat> you, you can argue it. That is the cooling inflation, soft landing scenario. But really, a four or five rate cut year, that that feels more like a hard landing than a soft landing to me, which I think is something hmm. we need to be a little bit careful of in terms of what we're wishing for. Now. Not everybody sees um, analysts' results if they're private investors, but uh, no. all fund managers do. So you've done some research into what are the the top and the bottom picks and how successful analysts actually are yeah. at picking stocks. So, so where do we start? Yeah, we do a survey every year. This is the 10th year that we've done it, looking at um, analysts' research and, and whether it really is worth getting your hands on. And this isn't to poke fun. And I say that because I've done it myself. Mm. So I know that it's a tricky business. And it, it's more, yes, retail investors do sometimes feel hard done by that they can't get their hands in institutional research. And so I think just two conclusions came out from our latest, latest survey. Firstly, analysts have never been more bullish. And I guess that, that, that is an interesting thing. Um, of, the, of, the, of the 17 or 1800 recommendations there are across the entire FTSE 350, mm. uh, 62% of them are buys, which is an all-time high over the last 10 years, and just 7% are sells, which again is an all-time low over the last 10 years. And, and, and actually, I, can, I have sympathy with that view because the FTSE 100 has underperformed its global peers for a fairly lengthy period of time, certainly dating back to June 2016, but frankly, before that as well. Um, and so you can argue that the most something gets relatively cheaper to its peers, and earnings are up since 2016 quite a bit, and dividends are up a lot since 2016, and the index isn't up much at all. So the index has got cheaper in absolute terms. It's got cheaper in relative terms. 
So yeah, mechanically, logically, analysts should be getting more bullish and less bearish. So I have every sympathy with that. The question that you now have to ask yourself is, does that mean I can just tuck away an index tracker? Or do I go down the, well, it must be a stock picker's market route, therefore, and, and, and then try and pick my own stocks or go for an active fund mm. where somebody's trying to do it? And guess that's where it gets more difficult. The good news is that, you know, if you're looking at analyst ratings for 2023, um, they're if you then just ranking them by the most popular in terms of the percentage of ratings that were buys and the least popular that were ratings and percentage of sells, the good news is in the FTSE 100, the buys outperformed the index. Hurrah. Up 14.3% with the total return, again, 7.9% from the index. But the bad news is that's only the second time in nine years that they managed to outperform. And the slightly less good news is that the least popular stocks, uh, they provided a far superior total return mainly because Rolls-Royce, Sainsbury's and Sage all did extremely well. So uh, again, uh, if you can get your hands on this stuff, use it as part of your research process. Don't just follow it blindly. We can go on to why that would be in a second. Okay, then let's pause before we do exactly that. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Ray's in conversation with Russ Mould of AJ Bell. We're, we're looking at the the tenth annual survey of uh, analyst recommendations. So yes, where do we go now then? Well, I guess that's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I guess there, you know you, you can say that the, the old Mark Twain thing applies, where you know if you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. And I, I guess then, so yeah, let's look at what are the most popular stocks are for this year and. There's only two in the FTSE 100 where 100% of all of the ratings from analysts are positive, and that's Endeavour Mining and, and Smurfit Kappa. And Endeavour Mining has got off to a shocker of a start for the year because it sacked its chief executive officer amid allegations of financial impropriety. Yeah. So that's a slightly tricky start. Uh, there were four others where there's more than 90% of the ratings are positive, and that's Beasley, AstraZeneca, DCC, uh, and Melrose Industries. But if you look to the FTSE 350, there's a raft of firms where there's a 100% positive recommendations. OSB, Endeavour, Smurfit Kappa, Inchcape, uh, Energy, and for example. Um, and the least popular stocks there are Aberdeen, Hammerson, AO World, Bunzel, and Renishaw. So, you know, if you're looking to go against the flow, then you know the names of the ones you may be looking to avoid, and maybe the names of the ones that could be some mm. contrarian value to be had. But again, it's very much just a starting point for your research process, not the end point. And I think the difficult, and I've done this as an analyst, so I know how hard yes. it is. And no analyst sets off to think, oh, I'm going to go along with the consensus and hide in the crowd because that's, you know, you're, you're trying to come up with something that's interesting, eye-catching and, and right. And you know that by definition, if you're in with the crowd, the chances are a lot of what you're thinking is already priced in. So I think what the analyst does a brilliant, the analysts do a brilliant job of is synthesizing vast amounts of information, coming up with a thesis and, and a clear view. Um, it's an unfortunate that that, that that clear view then defines the consensus. Hmm. And by definition, the consensus is probably priced in. But at least then you know what the what's priced in and what the sensitivities are in terms of what can go right, what can go wrong. So what you're really looking to do is use this as a springboard if you can get your hands on it. Okay, this is what's priced in. What can go better than expected? What can go worse than expected? Which lead, Which is more likely? Which leads to the bigger delta of upside or downside? then you can make a rational judgment on risk or reward. And that's what you're doing, whether you're using this as a springboard 
or whether you're using your own research as a springboard. It's what Howard Marks called second tier thinking. First tier thinking is I'm really bullish on oil. I think oil stocks are going up. That's fine. But given how many people are out there looking at the oil price, mm. your chances of having an edge on that are, are pretty small. And what you really need to be thinking, thinking is in terms of the second tier, which is I'm bullish on oil. Oh, well, the market's bearish. Well, that's a pretty good start. But if I'm bullish on oil and so is everybody else, am I even more bearish? And what can go wrong if we're all wrong? And the so, and that's what you're looking at. It's not what I think alone. It's to a degree of what I think relative to the market and the degree of delta in terms of upside surprise, downside surprise, and what that can mean for perhaps share price sensitivities as well. And then you have a chance of making a real risk-reward judgment over hopefully the long term. Russ, fascinating as ever. Thank you very much indeed. That's Russ Mullen, Investment Director of AJ Bell. We'll be back with me in a fortnight, but we'll have another financial outlook for personal investors at the same time next week. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.